Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the blessing and gift of this day. Lord, for the beauty of your holiness, for the gift of this opportunity to come before you, Lord, and to seek to see you, to seek to know you, to seek to feel your love and your mercy, Lord, poured out upon us. Thank you, Lord God, for the gift of uh, the sunshine this morning and the way that its rays, Lord, remind us of the way that you beautifully transform and warm the earth, Lord God, and that you do this same work inside of us as well. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today, that you would reveal yourself to us today, that you would give me your words to speak to your people, and that you would fill us all so much up with your word, Lord God, that we go forth from this place with it pouring from our mouths. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is so splendid to see you all today. Uh, Well, there is a saying that I'm sure you've heard at some point in your lifetime. Uh, All things in moderation. Everyone heard that? All things in moderation. What does that mean? No fun? No fun? Oh, man. Well, there's one interpretation of no fun. Because I guess we have to be a moderate to have fun, right? Um, what else? What else does it mean? Yes? A what? Yeah, absolutely. What else were you saying up here, Denise? Don't be excessive, right? Especially we understand this in our social classes, right? You kind of look and you identify people who are kind of like you. And you want to be a part of that group, but you don't want to stick out too much, right? Because what happens if you stick out too much? You get judged. Is this unique? Is this unique to her, or does do all of us feel that on some level? Right? You want to wear? You want to be a little bit? You want to be on maybe the high end of that group? Right? It's nice to have a little better than everybody else around you, but you don't want it to be enough that it's going to ostracize you and pull you out of that group, where people will judge you for how you look. What you wear, what you drive. You know, you want to have the right kind of handbag, the right shoes, the right kind of car, but reserved enough to not be seen as opulent, right? Extravagant. Moderation. In our culture, we have a value of that. Moderation. We want to fit in. We want to blend in. We want to be a part of something. We don't want other people to judge us in negative ways. Our gospel passage is the complete opposite of this value and this perspective. The complete opposite of that view of moderation and fitting in and just looking like everybody else around you. So let's jump into this, right? The passage begins six days before Passover. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where what will happen? The crucifixion will take place. He and his disciples stop in Bethany, which is about a mile and a half from Jerusalem. It's just right there, right next door. And they have a meal with a family who is very important to Jesus. This is the family of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. 
they are gathered there around the table at the home of Lazarus, who John reminds us has been raised from the dead just in the previous chapter in the Gospel of John. They give this dinner in honor of Jesus, but lots of people come. They come to see Jesus, but they come to see Lazarus as well. Because Lazarus has become this living, visible sign of the power of Jesus Christ. Because remember, he he had died. He was in the grave long enough to do what? To smell, right? It's that beautiful detail. The King James says it so beautifully that, Lord, he stinketh, right? If you stinketh, you know it's bad. Right? And so people are coming to see Jesus, they're coming to see Lazarus, because Lazarus has become like a sacrament, an outward and visible sign of, of God's grace. Now, at some point during this dinner, which, who's serving dinner? Martha, of course, right? Martha, of course. And if you want to see a beautiful stained glass of Martha, there's one in the altar guild sacristy. Um, somebody's got to serve dinner, and it's Martha, of course. So at some point during this dinner, Mary takes a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. Now, nard was this super expensive stuff that was imported from northern India. And back then, the airplanes were so slow that they would use like camels and things like that to carry them. And it comes from a shrub, uh, and its leaves and its shoots were harvested to make this, this nard. And it was red in color and used for all kinds of things, medicines, breath scents, uh, to make aromatic wines, and in this instance, and in many others, to make perfume. So it was tremendously expensive stuff. She takes this bottle and pours it all over his feet and anoints his feet, and wipes them with her hair. Now, you'll remember there's a previous story. We kind of referenced a part of it when we talked about Martha serving. There's a previous story about Mary and Martha, right? And Martha's getting dinner ready and comes to Jesus complaining and says to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, my sister Mary is just sitting there with you. Why don't you tell her to help me out? And Jesus replies to Martha, 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 you are busy and concerned by many things, but Mary has chosen the, the, the essential thing, the important thing, the greatest thing, and that will not be taken from her. The one thing that was required was to sit at the feet of Jesus. And so here we see Mary again at the feet of Jesus, and this time she is anointing his feet with oil. In the past it was to listen Here it is to bless. Now, anointing with oil was not uncommon. Uh, That was a very common way of blessing. Uh, We hear about, like, oil being poured over the head of Aaron and dripping down through his beard. It sounds gross, right? It sounds like he needed to take a shower afterwards to get all the oil off. But back then, that was a sign of God's blessing. Sign of blessing. And here, we have this oil being poured, this perfume being poured upon his feet. That was uncommon. That was not done very regularly. Because the feet, the feet in the Hebrew culture were seen as like the worst part of the body. You didn't, you didn't mess with it. Only the lowest person in the house would deal with the feet. The head, that's a prominent place, but the feet, 
This is very strange. And it said, uh, and it was also, oil was also poured upon people to prepare their body for burial, right? Before they put them in the tomb, they would anoint them with oils and fragrant things and then put them in the tomb. Here, what Mary does is shocking. And it's shocking both what she does and the manner she does it in. Because Jewish women in the first century didn't show their hair in public. And that included wiping people's feet with their hair. That was not something that was done. But here we see Mary doing this, wiping the feet of Jesus with her hair. She wants to bless Jesus. And she doesn't care what anyone thinks. She doesn't care what they, if they judge her, if they look down on her. She doesn't care. She wants to bless Jesus. And why would she want to bless him? Well, he had given her her brother back. He had brought Lazarus back from the dead. She wanted to give thanks for that. In addition, he had taught her to hope. He had taught her to hope. And he was her savior who would go to the cross on her behalf. Mary seems to understand before anyone else really grasps it what Jesus will do and who he's doing it for. And she wants to prepare him for that. Now, in what I consider the most beautiful part of this passage, we hear this verse. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. It's this profound way that the sacrifice and offering of Mary has transformed the entire place. It's full of that smell. Everyone left that dinner that night smelling like this perfume. No one was unchanged. All of them had been steeped in it during that entire meal. It sounds, though, as though Judas might have had an allergy to this perfume because he's upset. He is super upset, and he says, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? John gives us some more information about this because he knows Judas well, and he tells us that Judas was going to betray Jesus, and he didn't really care about the poor either. What did Jesus, Judas want to do with the money? He wanted to put it in his own pocket. That is absolutely right. Judas was stealing from the ministry of Jesus. And it was going to be a lot of money, right? 300 denarii. So that's almost a year's worth of wages for the average laborer. So you're thinking maybe around like $20,000. $20,000 have been poured out onto the feet of Jesus. And all Judas can see is like, man, that would finance a new camel, you know, for me. Then I wouldn't have to be walking around all this time on these aching feet of mine. So it seems like an awful waste for Judas, who could be skimming off that money. But Jesus defends her. He tells her, he tells Judas, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. She had bought it for the day of Jesus' burial. That must have been a poignant theme in this house where Mary's own brother had been buried not long before. 
and as you remember, had stunk. That idea of, of covering Jesus in this fragrant perfume must have been very important to her. And she had transferred it not to after he was buried, or not to after he was dead, but to before his own death. She had bought it for his burial, but wanted to prepare him for his death right now. Perhaps the smell of this perfume still lingered on him as he stood before Pilate during his trial. Then Jesus closes with the statement, You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. What Jesus is indicating here is that this is a special moment that Mary is celebrating with him. This is a special moment. This doesn't mean that people shouldn't care about the poor. This, doesn't, this is not kind of like a catch-all, well, we'll always have the poor with us so we don't need to do anything. Jesus is saying that she is giving him a tremendously extravagant gift and giving it to him in an incredibly intimate way and that this was the right and just use of the money in that particular moment. Within a week, Jesus was going to be crucified and die. This moment was passing, and Mary seized it and gave a gift to Jesus, which could not be taken from her. Moderation. That theme of moderation causes us to behave in certain ways and to look down on people who don't behave in those ways. We are influenced by what others will think of us. Mary, she didn't care. She didn't care what anyone thought. She wanted to bless Jesus and show him her love and worship and devotion. And she didn't care what anyone else in that room thought about her. She was willing to be extravagant and intimate. What about us? There's a certain level of worship that's allowable. A certain level of sacrifice that is seemly. A certain level of intimacy with God that is accepted. Is that what Jesus Christ deserves? Let's pray. Lord God, you are a God of holiness, of righteousness, a God of abundance, and a God of grace. Lord, you know what it is to not care what the world thinks of you, Lord, but to give abundantly. For you sacrificed your very life as the world scorned you. Lord, and you continue to offer your mercy and your grace abundantly like a spring pouring forth water, not caring where it goes, Lord. In the same way you pour out your grace in this world. Lord, and it's so often wasted on us. We thank you for your abundant grace and mercy, for the forgiveness which is new every morning. Lord, we come to you and we confess that we worry too much about what other people think of us. We think way too much about ourselves and how we'll be viewed. 
in our worship of you, Lord, it's so easy to to feel passion for you, but not to express it because we're afraid it might look strange or we might be judged by others. Lord, you are not afraid to express your passion for us. Help us, Lord God, to live in love with you, with abandon, and with freedom, and with joy, and with zeal, and with hope, so filling our hearts that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of us, Lord. All that matters is that you love us. Lord, and help us to be generous and gracious with each other. Lord, help us to step out of this vicious cycle, Lord, of the way we judge, the way we look down on others, the way we, um, we're always trying to stack people up, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to be forgiven of that. We confess to you the pride and the envy that are present within, within our judgments, Lord. We pray that you would set us free of that cycle, Lord, and give us compassion for the needy. Lord God, the poor are always with us, so help us, Lord, to always be seeking to serve them. May we do it in your name. May we do it generously and boldly and lavishly, Lord God. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.